What's going on, everyone, and welcome into Fireside Knicks. Bryce Gelman alongside Brett Hampling, as always. And hey, man, the last time we had an episode, the Knicks had only won one game. Now they've won six games in a row. I don't even know what to think. There's a lot of things that we got to talk about today. Yeah, I mean, listen, things are good in Knicks land. Before we get there, I just want to say we both just watched that crazy Minnesota uh, Colts game. We were supposed to start this an hour and a half ago, but that game yeah. got crazy. I just want you know why like betting sucks, fantasy sucks because that was one of the best games ever, and I should have had a great time watching it, watched the whole entire game. But I had a miserable time because I got I got screwed in fantasy by Kirk Cousins. I lost all these bets, so I just kind of want to go back to the purity of sports. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad you can get that off your chest because personally. I had a great afternoon watching that game. I hit my bets, and uh, Justin Jefferson did a lot for me. All right, let's get back on to topic. On topic, let's talk about the Knicks. This is something that we could both agree on, betting wise or not. That mm. is extremely exciting. And as I said before, you had to go into a little rant about something that no one cares about. That's not true. The Knicks have won six games in a row, Brett. Let's talk about something that you could actually be happy about. All right. Let me tell you something. So we played Cleveland. We beat them, right? We played Atlanta. We beat them. We played Charlotte. Guess who won? Knicks. We beat Sacramento and we beat Chicago twice. It's pretty crazy. You know, you look at that that schedule and it, it's not the toughest teams. You know, Cleveland played a shitty game versus us. Atlanta, DeJounte Murray went out. And the other teams aren't great, but six games is six games. Um, the Knicks needed something to turn this season around. Um, you know, the roster is still the roster. We've changed the rotation a little bit, which I think people are a little over exaggerating. Um, I don't think it was this magic. What yeah, do you mean people are over exaggerating. We'll, we'll talk about it. I don't think it was this magic bullet. I think there's a combination of things that ha- have happened. Randall has just played better. Um, you know, Grimes was always going to be in the rotation. I don't think throwing Deuce McBride in the mix has won the game six, won the next six games in a row. No one's uh, saying it has, but if you're saying that it hasn't had an impact, then it's not an I'll impact. Quit this podcast right now. It had an impact. I just, I sometimes, sometimes people like one thing is you're talking, it, listen. I think you're talking about Nick's Twitter, and whenever you bring up something about Nick's, we're both members of Nick's Twitter, but obviously, when the Knicks play well, there's a certain aspect of the Knicks Twitter that hypes up its guys, I think to a, to an extent that I think you're referring to, but to, to say that Deuce McBride is, is that one of one of three reasons, the top three reasons that the Knicks has not. And I know you haven't said that, but even starting and saying that is just, it's crazy to me, Brett, come on. Uh, I'm just saying the, the, the change in rotation has helped. They've played some good games in a row. I, I don't think this, I don't think this team is that much different than it was. A month ago, I mean, it, it, we've they've played better. They've gotten a little luck, and we're on a nice streak. Like, I, I don't think as high as we are right now. I don't think we get too high because I don't know where where, where do you see the rest of the season going? Well, I, I see it going in a different way that I saw it about a week and a half ago when we did our episode with Brian Geltsiler. Yeah, just, I it's, mean, it's, it's ability. It's not even just the ability for the Knicks to play better defense. It's the ability that Tom Thibodeau has unlocked in his own mind to allow the Knicks to be successful. And it was a conflict of interest going into this year that 
Nick's brass wanted him to play the young guys. Tibbs wanted to win. And I think it's kind of meshed into this perfect scenario where the Knicks are not only playing their young guys a lot, but they're winning just like Tom Thibodeau would want. And the great aspect of this as well is that most of the guys who aren't getting minutes, like Derek Rose does not care. He said in, in the past few days that as long as the team is winning, he's fine with sitting. Evan Fournier seems like a good sport about the whole thing. I think he's making his money. So why should he care? Cam Reddish, that's a different story. But I think everything combined with that is driving this Knicks defense. And there's no distractions. They're just able to go out there and play with heart. Like I said, I've said multiple times in this podcast, the way that the Knicks win is they work hard on defense and they play scrappy. And, and that's why the Knicks have won six in a row. Yeah, I mean, speaking to that, um, Kirk Goldsberry put out, he puts out like an efficiency landscape every like 10 games. And he put his out yesterday. And the Knicks were the number two defense, I believe, and the number four or five offense, or maybe number seven offense. But yeah, the defense has totally changed. We talked about this uh, earlier in the season. We said the recipe for this season to be a good team is the recipe it was two years ago. They were a top 10 defense and a middle in offense. And, and I, I remember saying that would be the recipe for this team. Because, and, and and I do remember you kind of disagreed and you there was really no reason to believe that they could be a top 10 defense. But at the same time, I said, defense, there's like more, there's more capability in defense just in general. If you don't have some of the top offensive players in the league, you could be a good offense. You're not going to be the best offense team. But if you have a good defensive coach and you have guys who give a shit, um, with a couple of good defensive players, you could be a good defensive team. Um, so I just want to look through some of the scores of the last few games. I just um, think having a few good guys, I think you're not giving enough credit where credit is due for this team because I think there are more than just a few guys, or I think you said a couple good guys. Well, I'm just, saying, I'm I think just saying having having Mitchell Robinson patrolling the middle of your defense should give you ample opportunity to do well in said defensive scheme. So I just feel like that that potential is certainly being wasted. RJ's been playing better, but then you also have to look at Grimes, and Grimes is one of the best three and D guys in the league right now. He shot six for ten last night, had 22 points. That level of efficiency is going to win you games in and in and of itself. And then playing Deuce off the bench, obviously that that defensive energy that that comes in for for Jalen Brunson, who's been fabulous offensively. But again, he can't hold the candle to Deuce McBride defensively. Yeah. So I no, think these you can't just say that there's just a few guys here. They're no my, my, cohesively my, playing extremely solid on defense because of a few guys. Yes. But there are some solid defenders. You're, on, spinning, on you're, this spinning, this around, you're spinning this around to me. I was the one that said they had. I was one that said they had the roster to play good defense. But all I'm saying is, you start with a few guys. You try hard. You have a good team. You play good defense. But I just want to go back to Quinn Grimes. So the emergence and the uptick in minutes of Quinn Grimes are a huge correlation with this winning streak and the change in the attitude and the demeanor of this team. So I'm just looking at his game log. When this win streak started, it was versus Cleveland. He played 40 minutes, 40 fucking yeah. minutes for Quinn Grimes. Um, he didn't even shoot well. He was two for eight, four points, and Tibbs kept him in for 40 minutes. That's the efficiency. Um, he's he's great even when he's not great in the stat sheet. Yeah, and then going, you know, uh, going to Friday night, uh, 22 points, five and nine from three, played great defense. He takes on... 
you know, there's so many good scorers in this league right now are, are, are guard. They're like these guard slash wings and he has the body, the athleticism and just enough size to take on a lot of those defenders. Um, it, it just, it, it changes this team. And, and you can see why they didn't want to trade him for, for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, listen, yeah. I trade him for yeah. Donovan Mitchell straight up, of course, but you know, when, when you're throwing him in a deal and you're throwing multiple first round picks, they looked at him like, you know, he's not going to be a, a superstar, but he's someone you could build around that plays both sides and has a good attitude. And that's something that we've hit on in the past in this podcast is the fact that, hey, why aren't the Knicks playing the guy if he's the reason why you didn't acquire Donovan Mitchell? And the reason why is because he was having trouble adjusting to the rotation and sorry, defensively yeah. and obviously his shooting skills off of the foot injury or whatever he had, that the injury he had. That, that hampered him in both the preseason and the start of the regular season. And it's taken him a, a slight amount of time to readjust to the NBA way of playing. And now he's done it and he's deservedly so getting the minutes that a guy of his caliber should be getting. Well, you know why it took him longer? Because he wasn't playing. I I, I think well, they did. They did. Listen, they rushed him back in that one game. And the next game he was a do not play coach's decision. So, they that gave him a chance at first, and then everyone was like, well, why isn't Grimes not playing? And it was this whole mystery at the start of the year, but it, it makes sense. It, it it made sense. Clearly, Tibbs was seeing something in practice that we didn't see at the time, and he wasn't fully adjusted back to the game. And once he was back in it, playing like Quentin Grimes can play, or Quinton Grimes, as Stephen A. Smith would say, then that's when he deserved the minutes, and then he got the minutes. All right, fair. Um Let's move on to two important players for the New York Knicks. And one of them, listen, we, we both, I'll say one of them you've been harsher on and one of them I've been harsher on. And the one that you've been more critical of is Julius Randle. So let's start there. Oh, you mean I, I've been, I feel like I've been, I feel like I've been worse on RJ. I've been more, I've been pretty tough on RJ. All right. Well, all right. Okay. Fair. No. T- yes. In, in, Yes. No, I feel like you've been in perspective, perspective, perspective wise. Yes. So, let's start with Randall and I'm throwing this to you. Can you give him at least some flowers for the last? Of course you, know, you can. Right. right. Of course you can. Of course you can. The guy. I'm very hard at him for a reason we have expectations of him to be a, a star, not a superstar in this league. And he hasn't fully met them. His you know, his demeanor on the court hasn't quite met our expectations. And that's, warranted for concern, especially from idiots like me. But having Julius Randle play the basketball that he's playing right now obviously isn't the the only reason that the Knicks are winning games, but it's helping a lot, especially on offense, with the amount of attention that defenses are giving him, even when he's not having a great game. Because if if he's in a stretch where he's hitting like three or four threes a game, Defenses are going to respect that, and then they're going to come out, and that's going to create even more space for other guys to operate, specifically Jalen Brunson. So his solid play has lifted this team, no doubt, in these last six games. But you even look like last night. Last night, he did not have a great game by all means. He had 19, 12, and 4. Like Julius Randle, that's, hey, for most other guys in the league, that's an incredible game. But the guy shot 6 for 16. And they still they still won by a, a, a sizable margin. So Julius Randle, just by playing well over a long stretch, 
can contribute to this team. And I think that, yes, the criticism that I've had for him has been warranted, but it's not warranted anymore. He's been playing okay. solid. Big of you to say. Um, yeah. And just the one quick thing. Yeah. I, no, I, like to me, field goal percentage is, is like super important. So no matter what you do, I think he's going to have to be somewhat efficient for, especially when he's going to probably lead this team in shots taken. Um, so it, that's the big thing with him. Can he stay efficient? If he's not shooting the ball, can he not force things to get other players involved? Um, let's All right, move. let's go to RJ. Let's yeah. go to RJ. So I was crushing RJ because he had one of the worst stretches I've ever seen an NBA player have. Um, you know, the things I was saying were he sucks right now, which was true. I was saying I, I don't think his ceiling is high as I did at a time, which I still do think is true. But he's bounced back, and he's and he's done this a couple seasons in a row. He started slow, and he's bounced back. Um, so I'm just pulling up his game log. He scored 27 last night, 22 the night before, 27 the game before, 26 for Charlotte before that. His field goal percentage has been better, 45, 47, 42, 50. It has to, same thing with Randall. It has to stay high because he's going to take shots. He loves to shoot. He loves to go left. He loves once he gets to the basket. And my my biggest issue with him is his lack of uh, his lack of passing the ball once he decides to go to the yeah. hoop. Um, he puts his he makes up his mind. He puts his head down. He throws his shoulder in. Um, so I still want to see him become a better playmaker because that will open up his shot. It, it might not yeah, be as yeah. it might yeah. not be as predictable to the guys he's playing, but someone who watches every game, I know what he's going to shoot. So it, yeah. you know he's he's becoming. A little predictable. Uh, and he needs to listen. He needs to start shooting the ball better. His averages. I mean, listen. He shot. He scored twenty points per game last year, but on forty percent shooting. Like these are Kobe numbers. And when you're not contributing the same way Kobe did on defense and leadership wise, that's unacceptable. So RJ's got to pick up his. I mean, the nine for twenty games, the nine for twenty one, nine for eighteen. Like those games, sure, fine. I, I'll deal with forty five percent shooting. But like you said, that playmaking aspect of his game needs to be there. And if it's not, then he's just not going to be efficient or as efficient enough as, as the Knicks would need right now. No. And, and to the Kobe thing, it's a different NBA than then there's not, yes. you know, T-Mac was scoring 40 T-Mac, maybe higher. Allen Iverson, won MVP shooting 39%, 40%. Um, that was a different era. The best players now are efficient players. When you look at Durant and you look at Steph Curry and Jokic and Giannis, these guys all shoot 50% and above. Um, how much battery do you have? My computer. Hey, listen, we're going to roll on as long as this, this computer dies. Because okay. we we had this computer rolling for an hour and 10 minutes watching that game. And yeah. now the game is over. And of course, I'm far away from the charger. But hey, all right. What so else, what else you got to add? All right. So the Knicks won six in a row. They have a chance to make it seven. We play Indiana. Um, trying to pull up our schedule. We play Indiana, the beatable Indiana. Wow, tickets are as low as $4 in Indiana. We play Indiana tomorrow, and then we get Golden State without Steph Curry, which I am honestly sad about. I, I love watching Steph, and I um, I wish he was playing, especially in the Garden, because he gets that play. I don't. He gets that Everyone play. Everyone does. Everyone does. Every, every star in the league does. I know, but Steph is Steph. Um, so we could realistically be back here on Wednesday – with an eight-game win streak, <laughs> that that would be, hey, that would I mean, be something so Knicks, that, that would. I don't think anyone could have expected that. So next to the sixth seed, to our last time, they're a half a game back of Philly, and they're 
two ga- a game and a half back at Brooklyn. Who's actually really turned it on. It's funny. People like to pile on them when they're doing bad, but I actually haven't heard that much now that they're playing pretty good since, since Kyrie came back from that uh, suspension. But um, Bryce, Katie's this- also playing some of the best basketball of his career. So I, you got to give credit to him too. It's not I know, just I was, Kyrie. I was looking at MVP odds the other day. It's like the, the amount of top quality contenders. So you have yeah. Luca, Giannis, Tatum, I think those are so like Durant is like a whole step below in the odds. That's how good those guys are playing. Yeah, and then you have Jokic who's playing unreal also, but he's not even close. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of talent in the NBA right now. Well, Brett, this was certainly fun, and I don't think as fun as uh, this this Knicks winning streak has been. And hopefully that continues for Brett, um, Bryce, and by the next time we're seeing you, let's let's hope the Knicks. We got eight. Let's hope we have eight. All right. All right. Later, Bryce. See you guys uh, next time.